Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Saturday night. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. on the Central Side. And every Saturday for, I have been told, over eight and a half years, we've been doing this radio show with Scott Johnson. Actually, this is Scott Johnson's radio show, and we've been doing it forever. If you go to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Scott dash Johnson, you'll see what we mean. So buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Scott dash Johnson. That's the link that we have for him for this show. If you go there, you'll see pages and pages and pages and pages of, I don't know, five or ten uh, shows per page, and there's a lot of them. It's one of our longest-running shows. And the way this whole thing got started, for those people that are new, and we know we have new ones, um, Scott called me up after a radio show I did with Roger Van Vlissingen, and Roger at that time was writing opinion pieces or comments for a website called Seeking Alpha. So SeekingAlpha.com still is around. You should probably join their newsletter if you're interested in this stuff. But they kind of uh, have opinions on publicly traded companies. And Roger was writing about Herbalife at the time. And he was writing some really very well done things about Herbalife. You know, you could tell he did some researches. And Robert was a really super smart guy. You could see that in the things that he was writing. And he was very critical about Herbalife, as opposed to some of the guru YouTuber influencer, quote unquote, unquote, influencers, the ones that you know that we're talking about. Many of those don't do any research. They're kind of stupid. Maybe they're always stupid, besides kind of being stupid. But that's another conversation. But the reality was is that Roger was writing some really good stuff about what was going on, and I've always said, you know, when MLM is done right, it's great, but when MLM is done wrong, just like everything else in any other industry, it needs to be fixed, and uh, Scott Johnson called me back after I did a radio show with Roger and said, you know, there's something that people are missing, and that's the tool scam associated with MLM, and my background was in direct sales and direct sales management. I wasn't really sure what Scott meant by the tool scam, but I had hired and fired myself three separate times with Amway, and I fired myself three separate times with Amway, which for those people that couldn't figure that out, that means like I quit, I stopped doing it. I didn't have to send in a termination notice, you just go inactive. But I stopped doing that because the Amway groups that I was plugged into were mostly pushing books, tapes, and functions. They called those the system And I found that they were really focused more on the system than they were on the sales of the products and services. And I just said, you know, there's something wrong with this because we're only paid on the products that we sell and the team that we build and the products that they sell. 
why is there such a big push on these books and these tapes and these functions? Some of them were decent books, but, you know, you could buy them anywhere. Most of the audio tapes were just recordings of their meetings, which were the same stories over and over and over again. And most of the meetings were all about, you know, trying to make people cry and uh, building up their why. You know, you have to have a why big enough to cry or whatever the hell it is. I just said, you know, it's just kind of crazy. And I just said, there's something wrong with this. So that's why I quit three times. So I spoke to Scott about, you know, what's this tool scam that you're referencing? And I asked him if he had a website. He said, I sure do. I have a website called Stop the Amway toolscam.wordpress.com. And that's when I knew that he was talking about the same thing that I was referencing. So I said, you know, Scott, let's do some radio shows on this. You're right. A lot of people don't talk a lot about the tool scam, and maybe not every MLM has one, but enough of them do, or variations of them where I think people need to know. So again, MLM done wrong. You know, we should probably be sounding the alarm. And what I was not prepared for was how much Scott was really into the MLM industry. So that's when it became a continuous show. And I don't know how to say this, but this is an industry that gives back. I mean, they give so much content for what's going on and for radio show, you know, topics and subject lines and everything else like that, that we're never running out of content. So we can run this forever. It's been, like I said, one of our longest running shows. So the first thing I want to do is I want to say thank you to Scott Johnson for doing the radio shows. It keeps me sharp. You know, we have stuff to kind of look forward to and kind of accumulate all week long, and we do this every Saturday. And Scott's going to give you his website where he's got a whole bunch more information as well. So Scott Johnson, thanks for being here on your own radio show. Hey, Peter, thanks for having me. Yeah, we do have lots of content. And uh, just to kind of follow up, because we like to cover, you know, what is the tool scam, uh, particularly with Amway. I was in Amway for several years, so I know exactly what it is. Uh, and I've studied it for years and years as well. Um, and, and so what we're talking about with Amway here is the upper layer of uh, distributors. They call them IBOs now, independent business owners. Uh, they sell all kinds of different things that are downline. And the intent is to train and motivate them. But the real intent is also to make a lot of money. And we're talking anywhere from twice as much to five times, even ten times or more is being made from the tools compared to Amway. However, the people that are selling these tools don't mention that they're making most of their money from the tools versus Amway. They give every impression that all of their you know, financial wealth is coming from Amway, and, and that's a big fat lie. Um, and there's a great example. Um, if you go on Rumble, you know, rumble.com, and look up the uh, the user or the author, text, text, T-E-X-T-E-X, that's me. And um, I found, or I was actually informed of a video on the platform Vimeo. I made a copy, put it on Rumble. And it's a, it's a guy who um, is from the uh, tool scam company LTD, uh, Joe Markowitz is his name, and he happens to be the chairperson of the IBOAI, which is Independent Business Owners International Association, I think. Um, this is the group of distributors that represents all the other distributors uh, to Amway. Now, all of these people are actually running tool scams, or they're very high in a tool scam organization, so it's a lot like the fox guarding the hen house, um, but he is the lead dog right now. <clears throat> and he made a video and uh, on two different occasions. He said the sole reason 
that we have tools is to help our beloved downline, right? And and it, it's such a flat out lie, and you can see it for yourself. You know, don't believe me. Check out check out my references. Um, now you'll find a whole lot more information on my Facebook page. It has links to my three websites, um, actually to this Rumble story now as well, uh, as well as YouTube. Uh, I've got um, my email, my phone number there, uh, and, and the link to this radio show. So if you forget everything else you heard tonight and you're trying to find more information, go to facebook.com slash Johnson, S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word, and you'll find all of that information. Uh, if that's the only thing you remember, remember that, and, and you'll have access to all of this information. And when I say these people are making 10 times or more from the tools, it's not me saying it really. It's them saying it after they get kicked out and then they start putting stuff online. Well, I've collected that stuff and, and put it on my websites so that people can see for themselves. This is not me making these claims. It's actually them making claims and they wouldn't dare do it while they're in because their group would evaporate. Um, but some of them have done it after they got kicked out and that's the source of, of the information. Um, and, and over the years, there haven't been a huge number of these, but there have been, I don't know, there's at least a half a dozen on there. And in a future show, I think we're going to have at least one more guest. Uh, I'm, I'm talking uh, with her currently, not currently like during the show, but over the last few days and in the future um, to have her on the show. She's a former diamond. Uh, she knows what she's talking about. And, and it'll be really interesting when I can get her on the show. Um, so anyway, the, the tools are, like you said, books, tapes, and functions. That was back in, the, in our day, right? The books, which they still have. The tapes, they've been replaced. Use, usually most groups have now electronic recordings, you know, MP3, MP4 downloads, uh, phone apps. They might charge $250 a month just to get access to the recordings. Uh, we're not talking about the books or the, or the meetings included in that. That's just the recordings. Unbelievable. And of course the voicemails on top of that and the website access is on top of that. So there's just multiple sources of income here for the tools. That's why they make so much money. And, and certainly the markup is tremendous. Um, I have very good information of something that I've, suspected for a long time, um, and that is that these major functions are generally um, free to the people running them. What they do is they go into a city and they say, hey, we want to use your, you know, your conference center, your arena, whatever, for a weekend, and, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll split the profit on the concessions um, we'll also make deals with hotels so that they give us a kickback. Um, and, and so these major functions cost the people that are running them zero, pretty much. There might be some costs, you know, in putting up the speakers and the, the lights and all that kind of stuff, but it's minimal. Um, but they really clean up on these facilities. And I have really solid information now. <clears throat> to back that up. It's not just my conjecture anymore. 
Um, we'll be hearing about that in the future as well from this uh, former diamond. So anyway, um, that's the tool scam. It's not the making of the money that I have an issue with. It's the making of the money and pretending you're making it from Amway that you're promoting to people saying, hey, get in business with me, um, and, and this is how you make the money. Well, they only show them the Amway side. They don't show them the tool scam side. And that's what makes it a scam is the fact that they don't tell people that's where they make most of their money. And like you said, not all MLMs have tool scams, so it's not universal. Uh, what is universal or nearly universal, the best I can tell, is the lack of retail sales. And, and if I can go back to the tool scam, you know, I look at that as RICO fraud. I'm not an attorney, but I think that's RICO fraud, R-I-C-O. Um, if it's not, it's at least business fraud, right? When you misrepresent a business model to somebody and you ask them to get into business with you, um, that's fraudulent. I, I, I don't see any other way of describing it other than fraudulent. Um, whether it's RICO fraud or just plain old business fraud, it's fraud. Um, now, the, the lack of retail sales is the actual definition of an illegal pyramid. You'll see a lot of these anti-MLM hunts running around on social media. I should probably uh, define an, an anti-MLM hunt. Um, these are the mostly women, but it can be guys. Um, usually the guys are extremely stupid, and uh, they go around using the P word, pyramid, 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 but they have no idea what it means, absolutely no idea. The best I can come up with is they think it's the multiple levels, which is absolutely false. Um, it, it, it's just an amazing misunderstanding or stupidity, I guess. Um, they don't understand what a pyramid is. What a pyramid is is in the MLM context when you have little to no retail sales, when most of the products and or services are being purchased by the distributors and not by customers, customers being defined as someone who's not part of the MLM compensation plan, <clears throat> that's an illegal pyramid. That's where you have an issue, and certainly the FTC has gone after a few, far too few in my opinion, uh, MLMs over the years, and generally that's one of the main things that they identify. So why these anti-MLM hunts don't get it, uh, I guess they're just dumb. Uh, you know, how, how else can you explain it? Um, both Herbalife and Vima in 2016, which was about a year after we started doing the show, um, they were in, in 2015 when we started the show, they were in the news as being investigated by the FTC. In fact, Vima was actually shut down for, I think it was, I don't know, a year or two, somewhere in that territory. They were completely shut down. Uh, they came back, and that's another mistake a lot of the anti-MLM hunts make, is they say, oh, no, they were completely shut down. Uh, not, that's wrong. They did rename themselves um, as B-O-D-I. I don't know. If, actually, it's B-O-D-E with a little squiggle at the end. Um, but if you look up B-O-D-E on Google or another search engine, you can find that same company um, with, with the same, you know, color scheme and everything else that Vima had, the same owner. <clears throat> so all, all it is is a rebranded uh, company, basically. Um, but both Herbalife and Vima were required to do retail sales, and, and there's no law that describes what the minimum is, but um, both companies um, – for Vima, for example, was 51% or more had to be sold to customers. 
Uh, for Herbalife, it was a little bit more complicated. There's a um, kind of a sliding scale from one-third to two-thirds of your personal consumption. But if you go in the middle of that, it's 50%, and so that's kind of a good guideline to judge whether an MLM is an illegal pyramid or not. I believe most MLMs, if not all, have a low single-digit percentage. I, I know that Amway has 3.4% from a study that was done a few years ago by a third party that ended up being in a lawsuit. That's the only reason we know it is because um, Orrin Woodward, who got kicked out in 2007, um, sued Amway the day after, literally, he was kicked out, and part of his lawsuit says, hey, Amway's an illegal pyramid. This third party they hired said that Amway's retail sales are 3.4%. So that's pretty close to zero, not very close to 50, and um, therefore Amway is an illegal pyramid, period. Um, and, and that's what it hinges on is the level of retail sales. Um, so anyway, that's just some background we like to put out there for the new listeners, and I'll let you make any additional comments, and then we can rip into what we want to talk about this week. Nope, we're good to go. So hold on one second, Scott. I was just preparing something for this, and i got to shut off the volume. I didn't mean to click on it. Hold on one second. So I was uh, – going to show it off. So, okay. So, no, your, all the stuff that you hit on was just perfect. And I was um, thinking about some of the, to- the topics of what we're going to speak about today. And I totally forgot something that happened, I think, during this week that most people don't know. So we might as well bring some new news to people in the MLM world. And it may not be MLM just yet, but it's probably going to be relative to MLM soon. And that was that um, Kevin Trudeau uh, is out of jail and just did his first new Kevin Trudeau video. I was going to YouTube to see where, where it was or whatever it might have been. So um, for those people that are unfamiliar with Kevin Trudeau, if you're new, you haven't heard from him in a while because I think he was in jail for like eight years or something like that. I don't know how long he served, but he's been, he's been gone for the equivalent of an MLM generation. So Kevin was really well known as the mega memory guy. He used to sell cassette tapes. And then he wound up, this is some inside scoop or inside baseball information that most people will never know because the Internet really wasn't active way back then. So this is stuff you can't look up because it wasn't on the Internet because the Internet wasn't there. So Kevin wrote like Mega Memory and a whole bunch of other things and uh, did some other courses as well, sold a lot of tapes, was friends with uh, Nightingale Conant, which was an organization still may be over in Chicago, the Nightingale Conant, so Vic Conant, Earl Nightingale, and was one of their major producers as far as their tape sales. But Kevin was an Amway distributor, and Kevin got fired from being an Amway distributor, mostly because he didn't do it the way they were supposed to. Now, I know this because there was a relative of someone, I'm not going to get them involved, so you just got to trust me on this one. But there's someone that was a friend of Kevin's down here in Florida, a major speaker, was one of his nephews, and they basically did a lot of things together, and one of the things they did together was join Amway. And Kevin was big on the television, so he made an infomercial, he did whatever he did, and he kind of massively recruited a boatload of people, like a few hundred. And way back then, you had to pick up your sales kit from your upline, 
So they went down to the local or the big guy and went to go pick up a truckload of sales kits for starters for the new Amway distributors. And the guy said, how the hell did you do this? Like, nobody does it like this. You know, we get twos and threes or fours and fives or tens or twenties, but nobody does it by the hundreds. And when they found out what he did, and by the way, Kevin was a huge Dexter Yeager fan, like huge Dexter Yeager fan, really understood and, and, and valued the books, tapes, and the functions, so the value of the system. Well, Kevin got fired. He wouldn't let him do it. So he said, you can't do it that way. And Kevin got pissed. So Kevin had the revenge factor. Uh, I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to go out there and find an MLM company. I'm going to do building tools the right way, and I'm not going to do it the way you guys are doing it with deceiving people. I'm going to do it the right way by telling people if you do the right thing and you hit the right things, like as far as the pin levels, um, you're going to be able to share in the profits, and we're going to be telling these people from stage. Anybody in that room that does the right thing and can get here up on stage based on performance, we're going to share the profits from the books, the tapes, and the functions, and you guys can get rich because Amway doesn't do it this way. So believe it or not, he was, the, he was one of the only guys that really told the truth about the tool scam. Well, he wound up joining a company called Nutrition for Life. There's a good guy. His name is David Bertrand. At least everybody thought he was a good guy way back then. And there was a wonderful woman. I mean, unbelievable, Jana Mitchum. She was like, she was a, she was a woman hero. If you, if you wanted a woman hero, it was Jana Mitchum. And uh, David, and people sling arrows at David every once in a while, but nobody could sling anything against Jana. And anyway, they ran a sleepy little company called Nutrition for Life. And Kevin came in and says, I'm going to bring you guys to a billion dollars. And basically he did. Now, at that time, a lot of the Nutrition for Life existing distributors were very put off because Kevin had a blemished reputation, pitchman on the television and all that other sort of stuff. Well, what happened was he built it anyway. And a lot of people joined TMG, the Trudeau Marketing Group. And he really ran it like a good business with a lot of really great people, brought in a lot of really, really, really good people. Um, Dave and Barb Pitcock were one of those. There was like my men my mentor or upline was Tom Klesmit. He was a super duper successful chiropractor. Ty Talcott, super duper successful uh, person as well. And lots of other people from lots of other industries. Well, when I was going to look at MLM, I flew up to see Dr. Charles King, and Dr. Charles says, why in the world would you want to be in business with Kevin Trudeau? The guy's an ex-con, and he's just bad news. So a lot of people don't know what Kevin went to jail for the first time. Kevin went to jail the first time because of some fraudulent activities. Some of them were um, he would charge people's credit cards without them knowing, or he would charge people's credit cards, you know, extra shipping. And for those types of reasons, he went to jail. And when he went to jail, he stayed there for a little bit. That's where he met Jules Lieb, Jules Lieb cellmate, or maybe prison mate, one way or another, became the Alex Morton, if you will, of Nutrition for Life. And for those people that know anything about that, he was a young guy who basically was taught speaking skills by Kevin Trudeau and didn't have any real skills, but was taught speaking skills and bigger than what he was, but because he was riding Kevin's coattail, had a chance to do a lot of things, and that's another conference call. But the reality was is that Kevin said, I'm going to bring the tools 
and the company together. We're going to build this big thing. And Dr. Charles King said to me, why in the world would you join him? And I said, Dr. Charles, I think David and Jana are going to keep the reins in on Kevin. So if you're going to build something, you need a marketer. There was no reason why Nutrition for Life was such a sleepy little company. They had everything going for them, really good products, really good compensation plan, really good people. It was really good. And they needed a racehorse. So if you have a racehorse, for anybody that's ever worked with a, like, AAA personality, high-driven person, they got to keep the reins on them because they have to know, like a crossing guard, where the boundaries are. And I said, I think David and Jan are going to be able to keep the reins on Kevin. And the FTC went after Nutrition for Life, and David and Jana stuck with them, and they actually beat the FTC. So the FTC tried to shut Nutrition for Life down. Remember, this is all before the Internet. So you could look for articles online. You're not going to find them. This was in the 1996, 1997. There wasn't, I don't think you're going to be able to find them anywhere. You might. I don't think so, though. There wasn't even probably like the Wayback Machine way back then. So anyway, so one thing led to another. And uh, I was involved in that whole thing, if you will, as they were growing like crazy. They couldn't get it past 13 million. Then all of a sudden, Kevin joins. They go to 32, 64, 84 million, even under heavy scrutiny by the FTC. And that's when Kevin said, you guys are running this too slow. I'm going to take this over and basically tried to lower the stock to be able to buy the company away because it was a publicly traded company. And unfortunately... That's illegal, and David and Jana kind of knew it, that we can't be doing this, and they wound up firing Kevin before the convention where Kevin was going to take over, and one thing led to another, and Kevin basically had to relinquish the idea that I got fired from Nutrition for Life, and I'm going to have to go do something else. So he did, and when he did do something else, he still sold books, and by the way, he was in trouble from the FTC for writing about uh, claims and his other business practices. And Kevin was fined $37 million, I think it was, by the FTC, and said he had no money. However, here's the problem with Kevin Trudeau. He still flew around on private jets. He still smoked expensive cigars. He still dressed to the nines. He still spoke like he was made of money. And a guy could burn $100 bills and not have to worry about it. And then said, I don't have any money. I can't pay anything. I don't own anything. And the judge just knew it. And then he was stopped from doing things. And then he wound up writing a book because he figured that you can't stop me from writing a book. That's my free speech. So he was taunting the government. And Kevin Trudeau, believe it or not, is one of the first people that I know, that to throw in that I know in there, that was basically sent to jail for taunting the justice system over in Chicago. The judge just got pissed off and said, you're fucking with me. That's my language. And I'm going to put you to jail. So he did. He said, I'm putting you to jail because I know you got the money. We know you're smart enough to be able to hide the money. We don't know where it is, but you're going to jail. And that's what happened with Kevin. However, along the way, he wound up working with an organization called GIN, Global Information Network, and they really love Kevin. Now, by the way, Kevin is a very, very charismatic guy. So it's really, and he's very knowledgeable. And I'm giving him songs of praises. Super duper smart, 
very knowledgeable about a lot of things. So he's easy to be attracted to. And he's smart, and he had money and all this sort of stuff. So, again, easy to be attracted to. And if he liked you, he carried you along the way, so people made money when they were working with Kevin. And he just made you feel good. So the reality was is a lot of people from Jin really love Kevin. And he just got out. And I don't know when he got out, but I know that he cleaned himself up, because I'm sure if you're in jail for a long time, you know, you're probably not going to look as good as you did when you first went in. So he cleaned himself up. You can obviously see he's been weathered because we all have. We're older now. And he did his first video. I think it was this week, Scott. I think I might have even sent it over to you. So for yes. all those people that are looking, Kevin's back. <laughs> so <laughs> this is good. Scott, I'm telling you. We're going to have future broadcasts based on Kevin Trudeau being back. I'm just kind of like letting our Building Fortunes radio listening audience know. But he's a dynamic speaker. He could. He's definitely tarnished, meaning he's got some spots. He's got to buff out some spots. He was. It was kind of raw his first video, and uh, he did. And it and it didn't go very well. I mean, it went okay, but it was a little bit on the rough side. His very first video, but he he'll get it. Because technology wasn't really big when he went in. So now he's got to kind of catch up. He's got a lot of catching up to do. And he's shooting for a million subscribers within a very quick period of time. I don't think he's going to get it uh, unless he buys them. Uh, but I don't think he's going to get it. And I don't know what other kind of trouble he's going to get in. But just as a forewarning, this is a two-time you know, convicted felon. And he's mesmerizing. And who knows what's going to happen next, and maybe the third time's a, char, a charm, but just watch out, Kevin's back. So he knows a lot of stuff, but let me just kind of just give you my opinion of Kevin. If you tell him where the line is that he cannot cross, he will ultimately cross the line. He always does. He always has. He will again, my prediction, my personal opinion, he will again because that's what guys like Kevin do. Super-duper smart, very talented, knows where the line is, but he'll still do it anyway. Even though he doesn't have to, he will. So that's my prediction. So enjoy the ride for some people. You'll learn a lot, I'm sure. You'll learn a lot about health, nutrition, finances, money, conspiracies, the whole shoot and match. But just beware, Kevin Trudeau is back. So, Scott, I figured let me just open it up while I was still remembering. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, yeah, you sent me that link to his first live um, YouTube. Um, in Well, I guess he's probably never done YouTube before, right, because he was doing things like <clears throat> infomercials and, and all of that. So he is brand new. And, and there was some of the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff that wasn't real smooth, too, because um, he, he expected to have callers calling in. That was not set up. And so it was, it was kind of funny to watch him squirm a little bit. Um, yeah, he was struggling. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, wrong. I, 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 I wouldn't touch him with a – go ahead. 
he didn't he did YouTube videos before he was start you know when social media you remember like eight or nine years ago a lot of people were just kind of trying to figure out social media so he had like a YouTube channel he did a few other things as well and you know he was talking about what was going on with his book Natural Cures and his other books that he's written before and some other authors that he's had help work with so he was you know he was doing some stuff and he was very much into the conspiracy thing talking about the government and the you know Federal Reserve and all those other types of issues so he's really smart and very knowledgeable relative to a lot of things and I'm sure he had a lot of I'm sure he had plenty of time to read books when he was away um, and do other things and I'm sure a lot of people in prison or wherever jail he was in are a lot smarter now as a result of Kevin being in jail for a really long time but we'll see what's going to happen but he was he's you know he's 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 going to figure it out he's going to figure it out as humble as he's been but um we'll see it'll be interesting to see yeah it will be um yeah he's one of these guys that um you know he, he comes across like what they won't tell you you know they being right. whoever government or whoever else you know the you know the medical community what they won't tell you I will tell you and he sold a lot of books like that. And I think he probably made some medical claims, too, that were beyond tons of what he could prove, tons, you know. Tons, yep, tons so, of them. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, but he is entertaining. Just beware. Yep. Like you say, be careful um, <laughs> if you consume him. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, and, and even though, you know, the Internet's been around since, I think it was very late 1994 or, you know, early 1995. However, everything that's on the Internet had to be put on the Internet. So, you know, for the first several years, there wasn't a whole lot of information on the Internet, even though it existed. Um, it, it took time um, to, to get enough content to where, you know, you could go on there and, and check, for example, multiple sources of a particular question you might have, those kinds of things. Um, in the early years, it was the Wild West. You didn't know yeah, what to trust. Yeah, for the general yeah. public, it was AOL.com. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just didn't know if you could trust it because you didn't know who it was that was putting information out there. Maybe it was only one source. I never go with one source. Um, and I wouldn't expect any of our listeners to go with me as one source. Uh, however, if you check me out, you'll find that I'm right. And, and, and I, I don't mind you going out and finding other sources and other opinions, but I guarantee you I'll be right. You know, go and, go and do your due diligence, um, but you'll come back. Um, that, that's how I look at it. You know, whereas most people, um, in fact, you know, most of the anti-NLM crowd, um, they don't want to be challenged. They just want to have their say and, and that's it. You know, they don't they don't want to have a debate. They just know what they know and which is very little. Um and, and they're they're just not confident in being challenged. Whereas I'll take on anybody here, except for that one guy, that always stupid Marco guy. Um everyone else is welcome to debate, you know, argue, discuss, however you want to classify it. Um, I'm open. And so come on the show. And we'll have a good a good discussion. Um, so, <clears throat> I guess what, what, when you talked about Kevin Trudeau, it reminded me of an experience I had earlier this week with our friend, in quotes, friend uh, Bill Keith, who is, uh, I believe, a retired now um, professor of marketing 
because he, uh, he on his LinkedIn, his title is um, Professor of Marketing Emeritus at the College of New Jersey. So, so um, I think I saw somewhere where he retired somewhere in the middle of last year. Um, <clears throat> so he he put a little story on LinkedIn, um, which I actually found this on Tina.org before. I just happened to see it on LinkedIn um, where – and Tina.org does a lot of good stuff as far as information. Um, and they have a recent story uh, that, that is kind of an update from – 2017, right? That's about seven years ago, um, but it's an update of various companies making um, either income claims or product claims that are beyond what the FTC likes to see. And and so um, Tina has submitted these in the past for several years to the FTC, to the uh, Better Business Bureau, to the DSSRC which is an organization that kind of has one foot in the Better Business Better Business Bureau sandbox and the other one in the DSA sandbox, uh, the Direct Selling Association, and they're supposed to be sort of flagging problem MLMs, which, which they do. Um, however, they find typically the smaller, obscure, and, and truly extreme examples. And they've submitted, I think, somewhere on the order of 20 of these over the past few years to the FTC. And the FTC, to my knowledge, has done zero with any of these. So it, it really is, you know, a situation that is not organized in any way. It, it's just, you know, very uh, loosey-goosey. You know, nobody really works with each other. And, and, and so what Tina.org found was pretty much the same thing they found seven years ago, which is all these companies, um, including something like 98% of the ones that are in the DSA plus several others that are not in the DSA. And I believe it was 100% of the companies that are on the DSA board of directors. Um, so, I mean, it's a complete mess. And so I made a comment on Dale Keep's story saying, you know, all we're doing really is talking about this. We talked about it seven years ago. We're talking about it again. You know, when is when is when are the people going to get together and have some action going on? And, and um, you know, I've had a hot and cold, mostly cold recently, um, relationship with Bill Keep. Um, in fact, I found a really old story on LinkedIn. I asked him in 2013, right, two years before this show started. Um, that we should have a, a conference. And he said, well, I'm too busy. And, uh, you know, I don't have, I don't have the funding. I said, fine, you know, I'll help you. No, that's okay. Well, he did have a conference starting in, uh, was 2020. Um, it was online, of course, with COVID. Um, and he's had one, um, 2020, 21, no, it was 2021 when he started, uh, then 22 and 23. So there's been three of them. Uh, I believe there's going to be one this year um, because he responded to me as far as, you know, when are we going to do something versus just talk, you know, like the MLM conference. And if you go to MLMconference.com, that's what I'm talking about. They have the videos of the conferences over the years, 
where you can see, you know, all these anti-MLM huns. Um, and I started to, to describe what that means, and I, I moved on to something else. So let me back up. So an anti-MLM hun, just to give you a frame of reference, the, the people on social media, particularly the YouTubers, uh, they call the people that promote MLMs, you know, the pro-MLM people, Huns. And the reason they do that is because it's very common in the MLM approach techniques uh, to find somebody on social media like you went to high school with or maybe you used to work with, maybe you currently go to school with or whatever, um, and say something to the effect of, hey, Hun, how you doing? You know, just to kind of break the ice. And, and so they call them Huns. Um, and, and so I call the anti-MLM people anti-MLM Huns because they're doing the same thing. They're just on the other extreme, right? They, they don't understand what they're talking about. This, this applies to the pro and anti-MLM Huns. Um, they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, one is very much against MLM, one is very much for it. Neither one of them know what they're doing. Um, as far as why they should be for or against it, like we described earlier, it boils down to retail sales and tool scams, um, <clears throat> but they're lost. And so I call them anti-MLM huns. And, um, it, and so, um, so Bill came back with some response to the effect of, um, you know, I, I don't care about your opinion or something like that. And then he came back with a second uh, comment saying, and oh, oh, by the way, you're not going to be invited to the MLM conference this year. <laughs> now, I didn't try to invite myself. I was just making a comment, you know, when are we going to stop talking and actually do something, you know, rather than watching, for example, all of the pro-MLM people go to Washington, D.C. every year. I think it's in September, October time frame, and talk to all the politicians. You know, why aren't we doing the same thing with a group of people that don't have the same perspective of MLMs and, um, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, why don't we form an organization similar to the DSA, except, again, on the other side of the fence, shining a light on the truth versus everyone doing their own thing and not working together. And, you know, seven years goes by and all of a sudden there's an update to the Tina.org study that shows it's pretty much the same condition that it was seven years ago and nothing's really changed. Um, and, 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 uh, and so he said, well, you know, by the way, you're not invited. So, so I said, well, you know, first of all, I didn't invite myself, but, but more importantly, I, I asked him, this is on uh, LinkedIn. I, I asked him, why would I want to be invited anyway? I mean, your quote unquote star speaker last year was Stacey Bosley. She got hammered in the Niora case, and I understand she got hammered in the Success by Health case as well. Um, even though Success by Health lost their particular trial, um, Niora walked all over uh, the FTC and, and particularly Stacey Bosley. If you read the the decision from the judge, it's like 52 or 54 pages. Um, I mean, she, the judge, really hammered Stacey Bosley, like incredibly, uh, just beat her down and, and, you know, basically said, you brought nothing to the table. None of your theories hold any water. It, it, was, it was a brutal beating, um, you know, not physically, but 
you know, in her decision. Um, and, and I also mentioned uh, uh, our friend, uh, always stupid Marco, um, who actually fleed Canada, where he's from. He's somewhere in the Western Pacific, like Indonesia or Philippines, somewhere over there, hiding, uh, because number one, he's broke. Um, you know, it, it, it's been an interesting the last couple of years with the high inflation rate. Thank you, Joe Biden. Um, and and uh, he's also been sued by multiple MLMs, um, you know, because they were doing the same thing to him that he did to them first, you know, basically spying on them. And, and so he got upset and fled the country. Um, but, you know, when, when that stuff is happening and, and, and you're being sued by multiple people and you're broke to begin with, you have to find a, a, a cheaper place to live and you do that. At least that's what Marco did. Um, and, and so I mentioned him in the link. Well, especially too. when you, when you, when you yeah, can't find a date in North America. <laughs> so, so exactly. Find a date, so I had to go to another country exactly. where it's a little bit easier, and where gringos are uh, maybe uh, higher, <laughs> higher regard, and they don't know the difference, <laughs> so they think he's a white guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of women over there that just want to get married to somebody from a first world country, yep. and it doesn't matter if it's U.S., Canada, England, Australia. They just want out. And so they'll do anything. Um, I, I was over there when I was in the Navy years ago. I, I know this from personal experience. I mean, they will clutch on to you like nobody's business. Um, and they're not bad people. They just want to get out of, you know, the hell that they're in. I don't blame them at all. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's been able to find multiple dates. In fact, he's missed a lot of his shows over the last two or three weeks. Marco has, um, and I think he's got a lot of these quote unquote dates going on. Um, to make up for lost time. Um, so anyway, they, they I, might be, it might be new doctor's appointments. <laughs> it might be new doctor's appointments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're what used to be called venereal diseases now STD, uh, sexually transmitted diseases. That's common over there too. So, um, but I'm sure you know Marco being always stupid. That's just the way it goes. And, and I do know that he also gave up his uh, his Australian health insurance. So I don't know what he's doing for health insurance over there. You know, he's not a citizen of the country. So if he gets sick, what does he do? He's been sick multiple times, you know, over the past two or three years that we've watched him, um, you know, on YouTube. So, uh, but he's always stupid. So he doesn't think about those kinds of things. That's just how he rolls. So anyway, I made these comments on uh, Bill Keeps uh, LinkedIn. Um, and then he uh, unceremoniously, um, uh, it took him off. So, so I, I have his, actually I only have one of his comments on my email. Cause when, when someone makes a comment to you on LinkedIn, a copy of it goes to your email. So I have proof of this. Um, right now it shows, uh, four comments on, um, that particular story of Bill Keeps. Um, but in my email, I have, uh, you know, one of his comments sent to me, and it clearly shows that there's seven comments. So <laughs> if anyone questions me, oh, you didn't really make that comment. You know, he didn't really uh, uh, erase it. Well, guess what? I have the comment count, and it's down, and uh, there you go. So, you know, we'll, I, I also um, – there was a guy by the name of uh, Jim Campbell who's, I think, kind of well-known in the business podcast world and and he 
wrote a comment to um, Bill Keith saying, hey, you know, I'd like to have you on the show again sometime. And Bill Keith said something to the effect of, well, I'm riding the train right now, and I'm going to be out of town for a few days, but, yeah, let's get together sometime. And, and I actually invited uh, uh, Jim Campbell <clears throat> uh, to, to uh, you know, get in touch with me. I said, I, I know a whole lot more about this than, than Bill Keith does. Um, and, and, in fact, Jim Campbell even put his email in one of the messages that he sent to Bill Keep. And I also sent Jim Campbell an email. Of course, those have been removed from Bill, uh, Bill Keep's LinkedIn uh, page as well. So and, and Jim Campbell has not gotten back with me. I don't know if he will. Um, you know, Bill Keep probably told him, you know, this guy's – not a good guy or whatever, whatever Bill talks about. Um, but he's got a bunch of other, you can tell, and you picked up on this earlier this week, Peter, how woke Bill Keep is. I mean, the guy is just, you know, Mr. Academic, woke, liberal, snowflake. You, you, you know, you know, you name it, he's it. And, and it's very typical for an academic to be, like that, and he is at that in spades. Um, he does not like, um, uh, oh, what's his name, Bill Ackman. Uh, he, he made a couple of posts about Bill Ackman, and you can find Bill Keep on Instagram in these stories. Um, but he made he made a couple of comments about because um, Bill Ackman basically wrote a story. Bill Ackman, by the way, is a uh, hedge fund investor, you know, multi-billionaire type guy. Went after Herbalife several years ago, ended up having to cash out because uh, I won't go into the details, but it was just dirty tricks. Um, but he wrote an article, Bill Ackman did, How to Fix Harvard. Because if you remember recently, Harvard got in the news um, because of the positions that a lot of academia are taking with the Israeli and, and Hamas, you know, back and forth, um, taking the Hamas side. And, and so, um, you know, uh, Bill Ackman actually went to Harvard, and, and he's a really smart guy. And he said, you know, I know how to fix it. You know, we should get people together from both sides and, and work it out. And of course, you know, Bill Keep doesn't like that. Just just like Bill Keith doesn't like me because he doesn't want to have a discussion with me, he doesn't want to have a discussion with Bill Ackman either because he's right, Bill Ackman's wrong, period. No need to discuss anything. So it's, so it's, it's just trench warfare thing like World War One, right? Um, and it's just kind of fun to watch somebody who is supposed to be smart, he's quite stupid, and that would be uh, Bill Keith. So anyway, um, that was my experience from this past week, which was quite entertaining and I'll let you make any other comments and then we can talk about something else. Sure. There's a, there's a couple of things as you were referencing stuff. I was like, okay, let's, uh, for those people who want to see Bill keep doing a woke interview. If you go to YouTube and you look for Bill keep, and I think the gal's name was financial diet. If I'm not mistaken, Scott, I could be wrong. That was that white gal who was basically a privileged white gal, a very academic white gal, woke white gal, and they had a wonderful interview waking themselves both up. So there's an interesting interview with that as well. And I just want to comment on the um, 
the whole medical claim, income claims dilemma issue. So Tina.org did that article about income claims or medical claims, and they've always done this, so it's a matter of, you know, that's what they do. In the MLM world, and this is the stuff that Kevin Trudeau, right? So you mentioned something about Kevin Trudeau and medical claims as well. So this is something that still needs to be, and what I mean by this is, you know, if a product does something for you, or you're, you have a personal experience, or maybe even you're having a personal experience with your income, somehow or another, it shouldn't be a bad thing to discuss with other people uh, in whatever mode, as long as it's real, your experience, and then let the market decide whether they believe it or not. So I'll just use as an example. Kevin Trudeau said he was going to one of his fancy cigar places, accidentally cut off a portion of his finger, had to go to the emergency room for them to stitch it up. And Kevin's a smart guy, remember. So they gave him some stuff, said, I want you to put all this kind of antibiotic on this. You don't want it to get infected. And he said, nope, I'm going to do something with some kind of honey. I don't remember the name of the honey, um, but it's some kind of honey that's supposed to be able, of course, have antiseptic um, properties as well as healing properties as well. And he said to the surgeon or whoever it was that was piecing together his fingertip, you know, I'm going to use this instead. And she said, listen, you know, I'm working for the hospital. I'm a hospital employee. Let me tell you what I'm supposed to tell you. But if you do what you're going to do, that's fine with me and probably recommend it, but I can't recommend it to you because of the restraints that I have because of the job that I have as well. So he said his uh, fingertip healed, you know, really super duper quick and um, all that sort of stuff. So is that a medical claim? I don't know. But I want to know about that honey. Like if I get something, if I want to know about that honey. Or if she says, you know, I made a X amount of money doing whatever, I want to know whether you made whatever and I want to be able to make a decision. So somehow or another we have to be able to speak about things that happen as far as your health, even if it's a personal story, things that might happen and maybe even some potential without being really deceiving. So the FTC and Tina.org and a lot of the lawyers and a lot of these uh, marketing, quote-unquote, marketing professors, they really have a challenge with anybody saying anything good about a product who might also be selling that product or building another team. So one way or another, it's got to be ironed out, and I don't know how it's going to be ironed out. Same thing with the income disclosure statements. But that's a touchy situation and certainly controversial in our industry. So if you have a product and it's working for you, you know, the government or the advisors, they don't want you to say that it's working for you because it might not work for other people. Or if you were able to replace some of your income or maybe you have a nice house or maybe a car as a result of it, just because everybody else doesn't, they don't want you to be able to say anything about that. And that's always been a challenge for me as far as how we navigate through those troubled waters. So I just wanted to mention that, Scott. Because, um, you know, these, these academics, they don't get it. They don't live in the real world. They live in the book world. These lawyers that have punishment power, that's all they want to do. And then there's the people that are actually in the field doing the stuff that they do. And, you know, and we all have experiences. and We want to talk about our experiences. And they're not necessarily misleading. Um, so we just got to work our way through that. So anyway, so I just wanted to kind of mention that before we jump on any other new conversations. Yeah, you know, Peter, I think my take on that is um, I think it should be very similar to what investment companies are allowed to do. You know, investment companies, um, 
can say, hey, look at our growth for the past five years or 10 years. Um, it, it, but then there's always a note in there saying that past performance is not an indicator of, of future performance. And, and so that is an accepted out, if you will, right? If they brag about their history and then say that, you know, hey, we can't promise in the future it's going to be as good or better than our history, um, then that is enough for the regulators to say, yeah, that's a valid claim. Um, and I think something similar can be done in the MLM world where you can say, you know, hey, I was able to work at this thing for five years and, you know, I, I no longer have a job. I have a large house, um, but I can't guarantee that you'll have the same results. You know, something like that to me would be very fair. Um, and with Kevin Trudeau and his finger being nicked, um, that uh, if he made a comment that I use this this special honey, because I, I watched him talk about that too. Um, if he said, hey, look, I used it, it worked great, but I'm not a doctor. I can't promise you that this is going to have the same healing properties that it had for me. I would say that that's a fair claim uh, and, and let people make their own decisions. Now, if you went around saying this is the greatest stuff that's guaranteed to work, well, now you're going beyond, you know, a, a cautionary sort of a claim. You're, you're making a definitive medical statement, and, and you better have, you know, double-blind studies and so forth to back you up um, if, if you go that far. Um, and like you said before, he's probably going to go that far again and get in trouble again. Um, but that's kind of where I come down, Peter. I, you know, every company makes claims. You know, you can ride down the street and see um, signs like the world's best coffee. Well, you know, why aren't those companies shut down? Obviously, only one of those companies should be allowed to be operating. And who's going to decide which one is the best? So, so there's, there's marketing out there, right? And, and of all people, you know, someone like Bill Keep, the most woke person I've come around um, as far as MLMs and, you know, being at a university and all that stuff or a college, <clears throat> um, he doesn't seem to understand that, even though he's a quote-unquote retail expert, that that was his area of quote-unquote expertise. Well, if you're a retail expert, then you have to know something about marketing. And if you know something about marketing, you have to understand that there's these claims um, that are literally not true and not provable, but they're allowed because there's a certain amount of flexibility. And the, and the way the law typically interprets these claims is it's puffery. In other words, the average person knows that if a restaurant is claiming to have the world's best coffee, that that's just puffery. It's just making a statement that we have really good coffee. Not literally, it's the very best. So I, I do think that, um, you know, these academia types, in fact, I was reading some of the complaints that Tina had, and and they were really going overboard, I think, with some of the examples that they found, not all of them, but some of them, um, where it wasn't, to me, it was not an income or product claim. It was more puffery, but they counted it as a violation. And, and I do think we need to, you know, come together on that as, as far as, uh, you know, have that discussion amongst people that have different viewpoints. But so far, everyone wants to stay in their lane. And I even wrote to, uh, 
TN.org again this past week saying, hey, let's talk about this. Haven't got anything back. I, I wasn't expecting anything back because I've contacted them before and I kind of get the cold shoulder. Um, but here we are again, seven years later in the same spot. Um, and also I was thinking about that 98%, you know, that they found that violated, not only were they not strong violations in my opinion, in all cases, but also I think it matters how common the violations are. You know, if you found one, even if it was a really sharp violation, um, and, and certainly less so if it was a softer sort of a statement, you counted that as that company is breaking the rules. Well, it's a lot different having one person going off track and maybe a thousand, you know, from a different company doing the same thing or the company itself making these claims, you know, on their website. Those are very different scenarios, and I don't think they're all equal. Because if you have, you know, 10 or 100,000 distributors, um, the chances of one of them doing something like that, you know, having one Kevin Trudeau, so to speak, <laughs> in your company, it's pretty high. You know, people don't know what they're doing. They get excited, and they go overboard. And, and, and to me, you know, that one exception is not the same thing as if it's on the company's website where there's a thousand of them out there from the same company making these claims, whether it's income or product claims that go overboard. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my take on, on these people. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Tina.org is friendly with Bill Keith. They've been on the, the MLM conference before. Um, and, and, you know, so has uh, Stacey Bosley and, and Marco and uh, a bunch of anti-MLM Huns, but they're all in their own lanes. They're not even talking really to each other. In these conferences, when they get together, they just give their spiel, and then they go to the next person, they give their spiel. And there's no interaction, there's no really even attempt to say, hey, that was a good point. Let's talk about that some more. Or, I kind of disagree with what you said. There's none of that. All it is is everyone giving their own, you know, narrow view of, of what they think and and no interaction, even amongst the people at the conference. So um, it's, it's, it's crazy how little people are working with each other, and yet the other side is working together extensively, right? Um, you know, we have the DSA which is basically all of the, particularly the large MLMs getting together. Um, and that, that was another interesting thing that I, I learned is that the uh, number of companies in the DSA has gone down by, I think it was about a third. Um, oh, wow. They were, they, they were, they're about two thirds today from what they were a few years ago. So yeah, it's gone way, way, way down in membership. Um, why? We don't know. Um, you know, I mean, we had a story from years ago where um, Avon quit the DSA because they felt that uh, the Amways and the Herbalife were running the show, and 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 you know they didn't like those companies, and and so they quit. Now they're back in, they're back in the DSA, um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. If, a lot of those companies went out of business or they just decided we're not being heard or we don't want to be associated with these guys because they have dirt all over them. 
you know, who knows? Uh, we can't afford it. Maybe our business is smaller. We just can't afford it. Now, there's lots of different reasons it could be, um, but the bottom line is the VSA is less as far as the numbers than it was a few years ago. So anyway, I was kind of rambling on a whole bunch of different things there. I'll, I'll hand it back to you for any other comments. No, it's all good. And also the DSA is somewhat selective on who they'll defend because when VEMA got in trouble, they sold them out. They basically didn't defend VEMA at all. So, uh, you know, they were, VEMA was the one who was, uh, you know, paying their dues and everything else like that for quite a while. Quite a while, and when uh, they got in trouble, that was it. They were done. So yeah, all good. In, all good information. Some you know generic stuff, but these are the the pulse and the stuff that's going around on the um, on the MLM world. So um, uh, I don't re I don't know where you want to get started next, Scott. We got about 25 minutes left. So are there any other topics that you want to bring up? Yeah, I guess I guess we could talk about Marco a little bit more if if you want to. Sure. Sure. So, sure. so um, he he has made it known that he has been invited to this year's rendition of the MLM conference. You know, if you go to MLMconference.com, it's actually an anti-MLM conference that we've been talking about. Um, and so he's begging for money again, like he always does every week. Um, but this time, because he moved from Canada to somewhere in the Western Pacific somewhere, um, it's going to cost a lot of money to come back to Washington, D.C., or wherever it's being held uh, this year. And and so he's out there begging for money. I think he put up a $2,000, um, you know, begging uh, level. I think he got about 30 bucks in, in the, the most recent live that he did where he was asking for money. And uh, so, so he's well on his way. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, last time before the conference, um, I notified the, the uh, Border Patrol that this guy is a cocaine dealer. At least he was. He, he may still be. I don't think he's dealing cocaine over there, by the way, Peter. I'll go on record as saying that he's, even though he's always stupid, he's not quite so stupid that he doesn't understand uh, the lack of leniency in some of those countries when it comes to drug dealing. Um, he right. would probably be thrown in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, he could get... Um, capital punishment, uh, they could cut his hands off. I mean, those people don't mess around when it comes to, to drugs. Not uh, not so much drug usage, but drug dealing. Yeah, uh, don't do it. So, because uh, his buddy Philip, you know, um, got off easy. In fact, you can talk about, or you can watch Marco talk about being a drug dealer along with his buddy Philip on that, uh, Rumble account I mentioned. If you go to text text, you know T E X T E X. Uh, there's two videos. There's the Joe Markowitz video, but then there's also the uh, the Marco video where he is basically bragging about being a cocaine dealer. Um, so you can see who this guy really is. You know he's trying to reinvent himself right now. Is being the you know the moral crusade against MLMs and all this stuff. But that's who he really is. Um, he. He took the video down. I put it back up on Rumble, and there it is for everybody to see. Um, that's that's who he really is. So um, the Border Patrol is going to be notified again. Um, I will notify everybody that uh, is attending the conference like I did last year before the conference. Everybody I can find that has an email, um, and, and so that they are fully aware of his background and choose to ignore it. And, and I think that says a lot about you know, the, the, uh, 
ethics and, and morals of the people involved in those conferences, um, it, it really is a, a statement to say, yep, we don't care. Now, what's different this year with Marco is, and, and I think this is the first time it happened in last year's conference, after his little speech, uh, he actually got some applause you know, from the uh, other presenters who were in the room with him. Um, and I think it's the first time that that's ever happened where somebody got applause. Of course, this was in person versus online. I think the, the previous two conferences were online, so it was a little different environment. Um, but none of the other presenters before him, and I think maybe one or two after him got a couple claps, but nowhere near the adulation. Because Marco, at that time, last March, was really the anti-MLM hun hero, right? Um, however, soon after he got back, he did one of his live videos. He was talking about Donald Trump, and um, he does a Donald Trump impression. And he, he was not saying something to the effect that Donald Trump is the worst human being that's ever walked the face of the earth. And if you don't say that when you mention Donald Trump, you are the enemy. And he became the enemy of all these anti-NLM hunts. He went from hero to zero after he made that um, video. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit different environment this year, let's say. Um, uh, but he, he says he wants to come. And I'm going to do everything like I did last year um, to to thwart that. And and so, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I win either way. If I keep him out, I keep him out. That's good news. If he gets in, then that throws dirt all over not only the Border Patrol, because they are supposed to keep people out like that, um, but also all the people attending the conference, you know, the, the, the New Jersey College. I, I, I copied the uh, the dean on that email last year, and and I think it's a she didn't do anything, just let it go, um, and all of them had access to the video that Marco did, his own image, his own voice, his little skinny arms moving around, and and yet they um, said, yeah, come on in, you know, you're our hero, so you know we'll see what happens, um, you know. It, Time will tell. I don't think there's a date yet. Um, I think they're still trying to get it organized. And uh, all I know is I'm not on the list to show up. So anyway, <laughs> that's a little bit about Marco. He's uh, you know he's out there. He's stupid. And and um, you know we're just hoping that that the people that are even more stupid than him, i.e. the people that give him money, um, do give him money. Um, because usually when we talk about him, then he talks about us talking about him and then people throw <laughs> money at him. And, and yep. so that's why we're doing this now is, is to get him to talk about us talking about him. And then that gets his goons, as he calls them, his followers all excited and they give him more money. So that's what we're trying to encourage here, um, is to get them to waste more money on, on always stupid Marco. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit of, on that, did you have anything more on Marco? Uh, no, well, I, I could certainly say a ton of things about Marco, but the reality is, is that with him, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes because he's now probably, in my opinion, dodging like bill collectors 
and lawyers that owe him that he owes money to and companies that are still going after him and maybe things that he's not answering and future ones that are going to be happening whether he realizes it or not and he's in a hot mess and the idea that he thinks he's going to be able to come in and speak in the United States without any challenges and then be able to leave the United States and go back to wherever he might be is very foolhardy on his part. And it's so funny because we're telling him in advance, probably not a smart move. And just like a lot of the other people have done, when they create challenges overseas and then they come into the United States and then they realize that they're met at the airport and can't leave one way or another, it is just going to be hysterical to see how this might happen this time. And uh, it's it's just fun to watch, Scott. I have to say it. I have, I have always had enjoyment in watching his demise. Fleeing the continent was wonderful. Watching him make his videos about having to flee the continent and being harassed by people in the way that he would harass other people as well. It's just, it just like the Grinch makes my heart grow three times. <laughs> so it's just fun to watch. So thanks for, um, thank you, Marco. I, how do I say it any other way? Thanks, Marco. So back to you, Scott. The gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, it is good. It is. It is good. <laughs> It is good. <laughs> I don't know how Canadian law works, but I know in the United States, um, you know, when you're being sued by another person or company, it's not a criminal lawsuit. It's civil. And so, right. um, you know, you can't go to prison for a civil lawsuit. However, if you don't answer a lawsuit, then you can be held in contempt of court, and that's where it crosses the line into criminal and so they probably could meet him at the airport based on not so much the lawsuit per se, but the fact that he ignored, um, you know, court dates that were set and, and that, that sort of thing. And that's a contempt of court. And, and now you've crossed into criminal. So um, heads up, Marco. We know you're stupid. Um, please come in the country. Please try. We're, we're uh, hoping there will be more people waiting for there than you think. Um, that's, and, you know, that's, that's all. Anyway. And the, the funny anyway. thing, Scott, is I know of people that are connected to the home offices of some of these uh, companies that he's challenged or picked on, and they probably will be very anxious to meet him at the door as well. So, so, so. There's a lot of people that he's really pissed off. So he's got a welcome. He's he's probably gonna have a welcoming crowd at the friggin' airport. So it'll be kind of neat. So uh, just make sure you make sure your phone's charged, and you can take YouTube videos because it's gonna be probably one of your best <laughs> as a result of whatever might be happening. So I shouldn't I shouldn't show I shouldn't show our cards that much, Scott. But back to you. No, I, I think we should. Um... Because he's always stupid, so he'll, he'll do it anyway. Um, yeah. You know how you see sometimes at the airport there's people holding up cards, or maybe now it's a oh, yeah. uh, you know a laptop or whatever, and it says Mister whatever. You know they're yep. they're meeting them at the airport to take them in the limousine or whatever. There's some kind of a you know famous or wealthy person. Um, can you yep. imagine all the people lined up 
with with uh, signs that say Marco on them. <laughs> <laughs> there might be well, there, there may be a fight for different companies that would try to pick him up. So there may be a little bit of a, a fight of who gets him first, because I suspect there might be multiple uh, people that will welcome him at the airport. And, and that's a good point. You know, um, I'll be reaching out to these companies as well, you know, uh, saying, hey, he's trying to come back in the country. So if, if you have a, uh, a court date that he missed and he's in contempt of court, um, you know, feel free to show up at the airport with uh, law enforcement and arrest them. You, know, you can have an arrest warrant for that. So um, come on in, Marco. Come on in the United States again. Love to have you. Um, Market America, Primerica, World Financial Group. You know, there's a couple of them that will probably be waiting for you. So Yeah. I mean, it's all over his channel. You know, he's done stories on Amway. He's done stories on those companies you mentioned, Patrick Beck, David, a bunch of them. Um, like yeah. you say, they might be jostling each other. You know, <laughs> I, I could just see four different policemen pulling each other. Each of them pulling a limb, right? <laughs> so, oh gosh, uh, too, too much fun. We're having too much fun, dude. You can't make this up. You can't make this. Up. You can't. You can't. We said that before. All these things that happen in MLM, you know, even outside of Marco, there's just stories that you just can't even fathom making them up. And if you did, people would say, "Oh, that's that's way that's." That's too ridiculous. There's no way that could be real. Um, but all we're doing is reading off of websites like behindmlm.com um, that has true stories. And, and um, you know, it's, it is, the, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, no doubt. No doubt about it. <clears throat> well, um, I guess we could look at behindmlm.com again. Um, we got about 10 minutes. Yeah, we have a few more minutes. So I haven't actually looked at it in a couple of days, and I'm sort of glancing at it right now as we're talking. So um, I'm looking here well, at a was, March. Yeah, go ahead. There was one that I saw. I think I sent it to you for the Business for Home. So Ted Knighton runs businessforhome.org, and uh, there was an article there about a gal, and I think her first name was Skyler. I don't remember her last name. I think it might have been Lambert, I, I, but I could be totally wrong. But Skylar, S-K-Y-L-A-R is her first name. She was someone who was basically fired by her network marketing company um, and, you know, was fighting back for her commissions. And some of the challenges, I believe, that were stated was that she was either cross-recruiting or doing something else like that and had her commission checks held and then um, uh, basically never had her day in court, but they held her commissions, and then she was trying to get some of the money back, and she felt like they basically just ripped her off. And I don't remember the whole entire story, but for those people that are in MLM, unless you read your policies and procedures and follow those words, you cannot necessarily be recruiting for another network marketing company if a company still thinks that you're loyal to them. And, um, you know, she might have been sold out by somebody who said, you know, I got an email from her about building something else. So I just kind of wanted to mention that if you go usually in um, businessforhome.org, there's just fluffy uh, promotional materials from people that pay him. There was that one article in there that was worth listening to. So it was, just a, a, it was a young woman's story. Oops, Scott, you're not here. You might have muted yourself out. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, I did mute myself. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, when you were talking, when you were talking earlier about um, uh, oh, what's his name, the, the guy that you started Kevin out Trudeau? with, Kevin Trudeau. What, yeah, Kevin Trudeau. When when he did what he did, you know, hundreds of new distributors. That is against Amway's rules, and I think most MLMs, um, because they want to have more of a level playing field. In other words, if you have access to infomercials, you're going to have a huge advantage over someone who doesn't, and, and they want to level that playing field, and that is against the rules to do what he did. Um, and, right. and so it was appropriate for him you know, to be kicked out of Amway um, because that is – against the rules. I, I just wanted to, I, I thought about it when you were talking and I just forgot to mention it. Um, and I agree with that policy. You know, you don't want somebody that has the financial or the, uh, you know, being famous to have an advantage over, you know, Joe Blow next door because it, it's just not fair. Um, and and uh, that, that's one thing. I mean, if you're well-known, you're going to have an advantage anyway, right? You know, if, if you're a movie star or an athlete, you're you're going to have an advantage, even if you don't do all those things. Um, and certainly, even with him, you know, he was fairly well known even back then. He would have had an advantage without doing it, you know, with an infomercial type approach. Um, but Kevin Trudeau is Kevin Trudeau, so <laughs> that's what he does. That is what he does. I don't think that story you were mentioning was on Behind MLM, was it? No, it was, that no, was, it was on businessforhome.org. Business that yeah, that's what I thought. It was just on that one. Now, <clears throat> the, one, the one that's on tina.org is on Behind MLM. Um, that, that one is also on behindmlm.com. Um, so I'll, I'll just pick off a couple. we got, what, about 10 minutes left? Um, yep. yep. There's one here, March 2nd, 2024. Uh, Deanna Lozano's Prove It case voluntarily dismissed. So apparently she sued Prove It back in last June saying uh, Prove It, that's the company's name, Prove It, P-R-U-V-I-T, claimed its products uh, contain, quote, unquote, no artificial flavors, but in fact they do. I, I don't think this story talks about why she dismissed. Yeah, it says no reason for the dismissal. Um, it was granted with prejudice, which means unless she comes back with very different facts, she's not going to be able to revive this lawsuit. So don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe they had some dirt on her. Maybe, uh, you know, after she talked to them some more, it turns out she did not have a very good case. We have no idea. Um, but that that case is now gone. Uh, I'm sure we probably talked about that last year, and, and we already knew when you start a lawsuit like this, it takes somewhere between four and five to ten years to come to final resolution. And that's one good thing that Behind MLM does a good job of doing is tracking these things because it's easy to forget about these these different lawsuits, and they do a really good job of tracking and updating on their website. That's one thing I really enjoy about this, this uh, website. Um, <clears throat> so the next one I sort of came across here the last few minutes, because I think we have talked about this guy before. It, it's another March 2nd, 2024. Uh, Joby Weeks, back to home incarceration. Uh, 
upcoming bail hearing. So he's with BitConnect, and uh, he's been going round and round. He's Big Club. Big Club. Or Big Club, sorry. Big Club, yeah. Um, but he's been going round and round, and this is just the latest update, I guess, um, that he had his bail downgraded so he could go back home versus being in jail. Um, and stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Uh, anything more on that one with Jovi Weeks and Big no. Club? No, but there was like three um, or four guys that I think were there were three or four guys from that same company that had been arrested and probably going to jail. So we're just watching the system kind of work its way through. Yep. And he was time. overseas. Uh, I mean, they they pulled him back home. They pulled him back here. He was overseas. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was even some challenges with some child. Uh, molestation wrapped up in this one as well and somehow they brought him back and who knows what's going on but uh, Joby's going away for a while you mean even if you're overseas in a different country they can bring you back wow yeah they can I wonder if if Marco's ever heard about that I don't know (laughs) he has now (laughs) yeah might might, might have to follow he has now Uh, (laughs) anyway um, so the, the next one on here um, it looks like one of these gifting schemes. Um, it's another March 2nd, 2024 story. Uh, the headline is Gift Dreams Review, Gifting Scheme Targeting South America. That, that's kind of a new location. Uh, we've heard about them in the United States and I think South Africa. Uh, this is the first one I recall hearing about in uh, South America. Um, and it, apparently it's all over the place. It talks about Argentina, Venezuela, Bolivia, Colombia, um, you know, it's just all over the place. And I believe it's one of these gifting schemes, you know, very, very much along the lines of the old fashioned chain letter, uh, the 1980s airplane game and the more recent gifting schemes, um, all highly illegal, um, similar to MLMs in respect to um, the multiple levels. Um, but also there's no retail sales, right? Everybody that's buying in is part of the compensation plan, and and that's what makes it illegal. And, and if an MLM has products and little to no retail sales, then to me, by definition, they are overcharging for the products because they are unable to to sell the products to customers and therefore every purchase that's being made is some combination of a legitimate sale, like you would buy at any other store, outlet, whatever. Um, And then the extra money because MLM products tend to be overpriced um, is really the same thing as a gifting scheme. And And that's why I say, you know, the root cause problem of MLM is lack of retail sales. That's why I say that. Um, And I know that most of the anti-MLM Huns don't care. They don't understand. But we're going to keep beating that drum until somebody wakes up, whether it's, you know, other people making comments on MLMs or the regulators or, you know, um, the the law enforcement people or the the legislatures. Somebody is at some point um, has to wake up in my mind. So anyway, I don't know if you even had a chance to read that story, Peter. No, no. Mm-mm. But it looks a lot of, very a much. A lot of the ones recently, yeah. yeah. A lot of the ones recently are just like the stuff that 
like anybody that probably should have known that these things were bad news. So cash gifting, cryptocurrency stuff, you know, a lot of these other NFTs, a lot of them we just basically dismiss as many of these just aren't straight to begin with. Yeah, and they're not. Um, the, the, the challenge, of course, as it has always been, is there's brand new people that have never heard of any of this before. And so when they see it, they go, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, my friend's involved, so I can trust my friend. Um, they don't question it. They just join it. <clears throat> and they get, you know, they get involved. <clears throat> it's the perennial problem, and that's what the anti-MLM Huns really don't do a very good job of is, you know, once they understand themselves issue here, they expect everybody else on the planet to instantly understand as well. And that's just not that's just not reality. Um, there's more people that don't know about MLM than do. In fact, I got a call from an insurance guy um, this week, and I, I gave him my email. He asked for my email, you know, so that he could give me an estimate. I said, yeah, here's my email. It's stoptheamwaytoolscam at yahoo.com. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. You know, what does that mean? I said, well, have you ever heard of Amway? He said, no. I said, have you ever heard of MLM? He said, no. I think that's pretty typical. Um, a lot of people don't know about it. And, and so, you know, there's a constant need to educate people. Um, and that's why I say if the regulators don't hammer these people, it's going to continue. You know, just in the United States, there's between four and five million people, not counting the illegals, um, that turn 18 every year. So you've got people that are just brand new to being adults. How are they going to know about this stuff? But most of them don't. They've never been exposed to it. There's been no reason for them to be exposed to it. The schools don't teach it. So, you know, there's a constant influx of people that have no idea. Uh, and it does look good. The people promoting it make it look good. Um, it's not just Kevin Trudeau. There's a lot of people that make it look good. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's that's the challenge, and that's why – you know, we need to stop talking and start doing. Um, and I'll keep saying that until it happens or I stop breathing. So I guess we're about the end there, Peter. Did you have anything more you wanted to, nope. to mention? Give me your website. We'll, uh, sign give off. Me your website. Yep, give me your website one more time, and then we'll call it a call. Yeah, so uh, facebook.com slash Scott Tex Johnson, S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word. Got three websites. Got the link to this radio show my YouTube, um, my Rumble, uh, my email, my phone number. No reason to not get back with me and ask questions or make comments. So, again, Peter, thank you, and we'll do this again next Saturday. There we go. See you very next time. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the BuildingFortunesRadio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. 